Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to have someone on who, as many of my my intros go, that I met on social media and have not met in real life. But you know, you feel like you know people when you um, get to know them online, which is super cool about business these days. Um, I have Samuel Burwell. So Sam is the co-owner and director of marketing and leadership for Inner Oasis LLC. He's a Tai Chi instructor and a Tai Chi fit instructor. Um, for a veterans program as well. So we're going to dig into all of this because Sam's a very busy guy. He's also a creative support coach, the lead custodian for the Community College of Philadelphia. And I love this. His proudest accomplishments are being a husband and a father of two. Sam, thanks so much for being on today. No problem. Thank you for having me. appreciate that. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have you on because I like, like I mentioned before we started recording, there are some, like the way that you go about building community on social media is something that I recently preached about, which is like, instead of like, yes, you post, you post to your profiles, but you go and you make an, an effort to engage with other people and to remember things about them. And um, I just think that's really cool. So thanks for being you. <laughs> oh, no problem. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so Let's talk about first, and there, there's so many different directions I know our conversation is going to go, but in <laughs> <laughs> some random places, but um, let's talk about kind of like, I think it's always fun to talk about the, like what kind of pushed you into entrepreneurship or pulled you into entrepreneurship or, you know, what is it that kind of, um, what is your journey into starting your own business look like? Um, I think I would like to say it was more so not me starting it, but more so awakened it because it was always there. Like, so a lot of times I had to talk with people and help them out when they're, uh, when they're getting upset. So, you know, we'll probably talk about it later, but I have a night job where I do security at a men's shelter. Sometimes it can get a little aggressive and sometimes I'll talk to the guys and I let them know about how to calm down and be patient. And they always tell me like, hey, I'm relaxed, I'm calming down. And I always let them know, you may seem like you're calm now, but there's always a fire that's burning. And what makes it flame up and not determines on how you respond to what happens to you. And so I like to think about it as the same way, whereas um, I believe that me being an entrepreneur was always there. It just didn't have the opportunity to turn up or it didn't happen yet. Uh, my father, he was an entrepreneur. Uh, every uncle that I have in my family are all entrepreneurs. Like they joke around and say that the men in the family don't like to work for anybody else and everybody <laughs> has their own businesses. I have one uncle who actually loved working, um, who loved his job, but even with doing that, he worked for two different hospitals, one of them being Temple Hospital in Philadelphia. And even though he had a job, he was the head person in both departments he was in. So I think what really did it was the fact that, uh, well, two things, but one in particular was when I got married. Uh, when I got married, something came over me and I just really started feeling ill on the inside about the place that I was working at because I knew I couldn't take care of a family on that salary 
And I also knew that there was a route that other people went that I didn't want to go. And I had to figure out something else, which I thought I was doing something unique and new and come to find out I was doing nothing more but walking in my father's footsteps the whole time. So I, it was always there. It's just, I think the new things that took place in my life, it called it to come out for me to uh, have it be called to action. Mm-hmm. I love that. That there's, there's so much there that we can dive into. I, I love that you're kind of a, a natural coach for people, right? Like the asking people questions about, you know, kind of asking them to look inside themselves and figure out what's going on to like, you put it really well with like the flames, like what's igniting that fire. Um, So you kind of have some natural coaching tendencies. Do you think that that was part of like your family upbringing or what, what do you think kind of? Oh, no, definitely. Um, I tell you, I was just talking to a cousin of mine the other day. And as soon as I started to reply to his question, he said, you remind me of Aunt Wanda because you cannot go to Aunt Wanda and ask her a question and get a simple answer. That's (laughs) going to be a lesson. That's going to be something that's attached to it. Hey, Aunt Wanda, do you have $5? Yeah, I got it. Uh, Go get my purse. And you know that for the next 40 minutes, you are there waiting (laughs) to get that $5 because that's something that comes along with it. Uh, My father was a great storyteller. And um, my mother, she was a great storyteller. All of the older people that I was around, um, I remember one of my father's best friends Mick he was a wonderful storyteller I spent a lot of time with older people who um, they knew how to reach younger people instead of just telling them xyz or what to do but they knew how to put in a perspective for them and I think like that's what's important for anybody that's being a coach or have a relationship period you might know something or know what to say or how to do it but if you can't put it in a way where the other person can understand it then it's kind of pointless so you have to go to where people are in order to reach Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I really like the idea because it's so true. Like everybody these days is um, a storyteller and not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, you know, in terms of like marketing storyteller, brand storyteller, and I do that. So I, you know, I'm definitely not coming down on anyone, but I think, (laughs) I think that you make such an important point that like we all like storytelling is as old as time. And the real benefit of storytelling is that it does put it in context for people. It puts you in, you're able to kind of put yourself in a, um, someone else's shoes in order to understand what might be just like an abstract lesson otherwise. So I love that your family just kind of naturally does that in order to kind of raise kids who um, look at things more critically. That's so awesome. Um, and you said your your dad is a storyteller or was a storyteller. I'm sorry. I know um, we, we can talk about that a little bit too, because I've been following your journey on um, Instagram, but he had a radio show. Am I right? Was he, he was on yes. the radio? Yeah. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do, do you want to, like, I don't want to go into any um, territory that like you don't want to. No, 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 uh, uh, no, no, uh-uh, no, everything was good. Everything okay, was okay. Good, good. So yeah, so do you want to, like, let's talk a little bit about, because um, you said your dad's an entrepreneur, and so um, I want to kind of dig into the radio. I could be wrong. I should have checked on this before we started talking, but does your sister, did she kind of take over, or your family is still carrying on his legacy, right? Yeah, so my sister did right before my um. so you know, for everybody that don't know, um, right. you don't have to be sad about the situation, but my father recently passed away. Um, in fact, he just passed passed away this past July 4th, and mm-hmm. he was doing a radio show with my sister. So 
my dad hasn't done radio in 26 years. Mm. Um, when I grew up, all I knew was him being around. And this is why I say like it was awakened because I just remember being a little kid, I was always with my dad and I always remember he was with a bunch of old people all the time and he was always wearing suits and talking. Now, fast forward, my kids see me and now I'm the old man wearing suits all the time, <laughs> talking to people and doing the same thing. And uh, my father, he was doing radio. He stopped when my mother passed away. My mother passed away when I was six years old. And when he uh, stopped doing radio, he stopped doing TV because he was doing TV. He was doing radio. He was uh, doing work for the homeless school council, was doing a TV broadcast for the homeless school council and teaching people how to build real estate or how to uh, get real estate with pennies on the dollar on TV as well. Um, he actually purchased our house that we used to live in in South Philly for $8,000. And then he turned around and sold it for $192,000. Wow. Um, so he, uh, you know, he practiced what he preached. But when my mother passed away, it hit him pretty hard. So he stopped doing everything. And I remember his past few few broadcasts he did was actually inside the house. And I remember playing like Thomas the Engine Train while I was watching him set up cameras and things that he was recording. And shortly mm -hmm. after that, he stopped recording altogether. Uh, my mother passed away from cancer. So all of these years later, my sister, Marion Burwell, she um, wound up getting diagnosed with cancer, the same cancer that my mother had. She wound up beating the cancer. And after she beat it, my father wanted to go back on the radio and he wanted to do a broadcast that was called Let's Talk About Cancer. And so he started doing the radio show and started setting up for it. And I remember just seeing so much agony and stress on him uh, through the process. He got up every day, went to work and did what he had to do to create it. But you could see the struggle on his face. And I think it had a lot to do with him going back to the era where my mother passed away from and he had his own sickness because this is somebody where he's doing his radio show and the time that my mother passed away he had uh two toes cut off he had some of his bone cut off in his foot he had gangrene he had kidney failure liver failure he had blood poison he had problems with his heart like you you name it my father had it and he still got up and did what he needed to do every day without ever complaining about it. It was years before we even knew that he was sick because he just wouldn't tell his children. He just kept providing for us and doing what he had to do. So he actually set up the show, set up an LLC uh, called Positive Media Group and Associates for our family. And he started doing a radio show. He only had the opportunity to record the very first show. After that show, about 24 hours later, he had a stroke. My sister Miriam had to take him to the hospital. He had another stroke in the hospital. So he went around March 12th to the hospital. And so from March 12th to July 3rd, he was in the hospital the whole time, had to get surgery on his mouth, had to get um, heart surgery, and was in intensive care the whole time uh, until he passed away. He even called in to the radio show one day when my sister was recording and just to participate in the show even right before he had heart surgery. So he was just a very strong individual all around. Wow. Oh my gosh. What a, uh, there's, again, I feel like this is like the story of, <laughs> there's so many things to unpack and so many directions we could go. But yeah. I mean, your dad sounds like such an inspirational person. And I feel like maybe his kind of morals and his work ethic and everything are very clear now to me, right? In you and your sister, right. um, because you do 
so many things. I mean, just listening to the things that I listed, you know, at the top of the the show. And then you also do, um, you know, you work nights, um, as you just mentioned. And so let's kind of dig into, um, you know, your dad was a super busy guy. He was a hustler, right? You're, you yeah. do the, the hustle and, and all of that. How do you manage all of that? Like, let's kind of talk about, cause I know there are a lot of people out there who are trying to do a side hustle. They have a family, they're trying to manage all these things and it's a struggle for them. So how do you kind of manage all those pieces? Uh, so it's a, so it's a couple ways to go about it. And I give you a couple different perspectives. I'll start with the one that's most realistic for people is that I don't manage it. Um, there is a lot of times, like, thankfully, I have the wife that I do have. And if she feels like I'm doing too much or something's going on, she'll let me know or say, hey, you know, you need to make sure these certain things are scheduled. You need to make sure this is taken care of before you do this. That needs to be done. And she steps in with a lot of stuff. Um, one thing in particular, uh, so I'm a barber by trade, and, and I used to cut hair a whole lot. So she would kind of manage that type of operation if I was doing it. So one, uh, I, a lot of times we give credit to people that we see in the forefront, right? So, you know, I'm saying Burwell, but what you don't see is everybody that's holding me up, everybody that's supporting me, everybody that's around me that is taking a part of me doing whatever it is that I'm doing for this to happen. So, you know, number one, if you are doing as many things as I'm doing, uh, try to find people around you to be able to support you because you, I'm not going to say you can't do it alone. It'd be difficult, but it, it helps a whole lot if you have people in your corner. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing in particular that I do, I, I'm a custodian at my day job and I do security at my night job. And, and one of my managers told me, he was like, man, you're way better than this. You know, not nothing wrong with it, but he was just like, right. it's worth what you do you should be doing a different job and I'm like nah I can't like when I went to go get my job as a custodian the manager just looked at my schedule and said hey so you used to be a supervisor at this place so why do you want to come here and be a custodian this doesn't fit and I said because this job pays a hundred thousand dollars a year and I remember they started laughing at me and they was like no I think you read the paperwork wrong it doesn't pay a hundred thousand I said yes it does and so they was like, oh, Mr. Burwell, I think you've been mistaken. This job doesn't pay 100000 I said, with all due respect, but the job that I came from, I had health care. My family didn't have health care. This job will give my entire family health care. My wife and the children that I don't have yet, they will have health care. And this job will allow me to get a degree and my wife and my children to get a degree for free. If we add up all the benefits that I have and the ability to talk to Fidelity, which is a Fortune 500 company that I would not have access to without this job for retirement purposes, I wouldn't be able to be here right now. So yes, this job does pay $100,000 a year. I might not have that cash, but if I try to accomplish everything that this job gives to you as part of it, then it would cost a whole lot of money. Right now, my wife is in school getting a nursing degree. And when she gets done, surely after I'll be getting a degree and neither one of us have to pay for it. That's such a great perspective. And then you could keep adding on to that, like, okay, now the, the income that your wife will be able to generate because of her degree is thanks to your job. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of keeps yeah. going um, and snowballing. That's yeah, it helps out. Yeah, what a great perspective. And that actually reminds me of, and I'm just going to like take a little side trail for a minute because I, I loved a post I saw you um, shared recently on Instagram where you said that you decided to start treating your job 
like your business, right? So I think, yeah. <laughs> I think the perspective you just explained and the posts that you shared are really important for people who might feel like, um, cause there's a lot of people out there who are like, well, we, you know, they're trying to do a side hustle. They're trying to start a business and they feel like they need to hide the fact that they have a nine to five because it doesn't make them quote unquote legitimate entrepreneurs. I don't know if you see right. that, but a lot of people, they think that, oh, people are going to say, well, yeah, but you have your, your day job to support you. So you're not really, you know, all of these kind of messages that I, I don't believe, but I think that your approach is so inspiring because you, you're, right out there saying like, I have a job and here's why it's so amazing. And yes, I'm an entrepreneur. So what kind of tell us a little bit of the story around um, choosing to treat your day job like a business and why you did that? Uh, just try not to be depressed. Um, really, really honestly, just try not to be depressed. So I, 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 there is so much going on that you have to constantly recalibrate right and put yourself back on track to figure out what the end goal is and not to figure out what it is but to remember why you're doing it. i do a whole lot of things and so to go back to that first question the other thing that allows me to do it is one i exercise a lot and i eat right um, mm -hmm. you got to do those two things in order to keep up the schedule that i have Agreed. so when you when you're looking at that stuff i try to sit here and i say all right I got to go clean bathrooms. I got to go take out trash out of people's offices. And I get told to do this all day. I get told to do that all day. This, 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 mess. And then people make mess and they say, yo, you need to clean it up. And that's the only time they call me. And that can get daunting, right? And then I go somewhere else and I put on a suit. And then all of a sudden, everybody loves me. And it's a different ball game. And this, 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 and this. And then, like, so you got to kind of take yourself out of it. The people mm -hmm. who are telling me what to do, it's not that they don't love me. We all have a job to do. The problem is what society makes you feel, right? So if I say to a young child, I'm a custodian or a janitor, they're going to laugh. But in the meantime, there's people that go to this school that I work at that laugh at me that are trying to get a degree just to get a job, just to have the things that this job provides for me as a janitor. Mm -hmm. that gives me no mental stress so how do I you know how do I do that well I say okay here's what you got to do you're doing this during the daytime you can't take it personally it's not that they don't like you we all have a job to do mm -hmm. but if I was to actually do what I wanted to do right now which is not have the nine to five and actually just solely be the CEO and the business owner then wouldn't somebody else have to have a job and wouldn't somebody else be the custodian? And mm -hmm. you find out how important their job is because if the custodian don't do their job, their whole entire building gets shut down. The yeah. most important person in that building is the custodian. And I think about it how in the old days, that person actually used to be respected, but we came from a working class where people treated everyone with respect and value. And it's like, yo, the job isn't the issue, it's how you value yourself and how you value what you do at the job is the issue. And so I had to take that in perspective. And the reason why it was bothering me was because I started to have success in the entrepreneurial path and it would be frustrating because the same people that I would shake hands with outside of work that had degrees that respected me, I would work with people just like that, that had degrees at the college and they wouldn't respect me all because mm -hmm. of the uniform I had on. And so I started to get upset about that because they was judging something that they had no idea what it was. 
when I was helping people that was in that same shoes, the same predicaments outside of work. So I said, you know what? Let me put as much energy into this as I want to do as an entrepreneur. So that way, when I become a solo entrepreneur, I don't have no problem with asking for anything. And the people who will be around me will do what they're supposed to do because I've attracted that because that's what I became. And when I changed that mindset, I started doing things that worked differently and started taking more pride in it. And then that's when I got the note that you saw where I came in one day um, from cleaning outside for two hours and the um, assistant director left me a note that said, hey, it looks really good outside. Thank you for doing what you did. It really makes a difference when you can walk into a clean building and people respect the college for what it should be because it looks like what it is. And mm -hmm. that like just is just amazing how I didn't get that note until I changed my mindset about the job. And it was just confirmation. Like, yo, you know, a lot of stuff what I do, I figure out on my own. So it's like I look for small things like that to be confirmation to say, yo, you want the right track and you know, keep keep doing it. Yeah. Oh, that's such an amazing lesson uh, for everyone. Um, whether they are in a nine to five, whether they, you know, I, I come from a working class family. I waited tables to get through college. Like I've been there. And so I have the utmost respect for people who, um, do the hard work that, like you said, yeah. is seriously so important, you know? Um, so that's such a great lesson. I think, like I said, for everyone on either side, because I think people who you know, I don't want to ever lose sight of that, you know, no matter where I go in life, I want yeah. to hold on to that. And I think, um, being really intentional about, you know, changing that mindset is going to make sure that we, uh, we keep that top of mind. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so Thank you. yeah. So I want to talk about, so y you've mentioned the word awakened, um, a few times. And that means, so the def definition of awaken is to, um, well, one of the many definitions is to make someone aware of something for the first time. And I was looking at um, a little bit of the story you shared with me about wanting to share why it's so important to know yourself. And um, you talk about writing your life lessons bio. And I have a feeling that's connected to um, this word awaken. So tell me a little bit about <laughs> this exercise um, that you did and, and what impact it had on you. Yeah, so I'm actually working, I'm working with uh, one of my people that I'm coaching for uh, nutrition and health purposes right now. And uh, hopefully, you know, God willing, I'll be able to do a TED talk about it. I've been having some help with some people along the way. so. Hopefully 2020 or 21, I'll be able to do a TED Talk um, on this particular topic because I think it's important. Um, the reason why that word awaken is because, again, um, who I am was always there. I just didn't realize it. And once I, I was able to wake that person up, like, imagine, like, okay, I don't have a degree, right? So I could walk into a room with a bunch of people that have degrees and, 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 and feel devalued. Mm -hmm. And then I can realize what my gift is and what my purpose is and how we all play a part in the world. You know, the farmer does one thing and the person who drives the truck does something else, but without each other, neither one works. And so when you realize that you actually do have value, then you're able to walk into that room and have the confidence that everybody else does and provide something that is just as valuable. And 
my partner one day, he asked me, uh, my partner Jason Ferguson that teaches Tai Chi uh, with me in Intero Aces, our company, he asked me one day, me and uh, my other partner Charlene that does yoga, he asked us, hey, I need your bios. We're trying to get our website together. And he's like, I need your bio. And when he said that, I was just thinking, and I was like, man, my bio, my bio. I never wrote one before. I don't even know what the heck is supposed to be on this thing. <laughs> and I asked him, you know, you've been a Marine for how many years? Once a Marine, always a Marine. You, you're a Tai Chi instructor now. Um, you know, you do so many things. You're a therapist. You have your master's degree. Here's Charlene. She's a nutritionist. She's a yoga instructor. She used to run a yoga program in Pittsburgh. She has her degree. And then you got Sam, who's a custodian, and I'm your business partner. And I said, what in the world made you pick me for your business partner? And where is my value at in this group? And Jason said to me, Sam, shut up. Without you, none of this, none of this works. Without you, you know, this thing wouldn't even be where it is right now. You're the glue that holds everything together. So get your bio and get off my phone. And, and him being a Marine, there was a few more words in there to you right. know, say right now. <laughs> to make it yeah, so, a little more colorful. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little more colorful. <laughs> so I, I hung up the phone and I started writing a bio. And it wasn't until I wrote it in the process of writing it I really like awoke myself and I was like actually shook up like I can't believe this and I realized that if this is something for me it got to do something for somebody else so I want to put something around this to be able to share with people and help them with it and the thing was so you know you read in the introduction right that mm -hmm. uh, I'm the co-owner of Intero Aces LLC the director of marketing and leadership for it I teach Tai Chi uh, I have two jobs and then I also used to have a barbershop uh, some years ago and I had to once I started writing my bio I really saw how all of this made sense. Because if you see me right now and I'm a custodian, like I just met a guy the other day. Well, not met him, but we actually had a chance to talk. That works at the college. And he said, I had no idea you had so much stuff going on because he just sees me doing my job here. And I didn't realize it until I wrote it down and I had to look at it. So in the year 2000, and um, Aaron, you can stop me at any point if you want to, um, you know, ask anything. But no, no, in the ahead. year 2000, okay, cool. So the year 2002, I was in the 10th grade and my nephew called me and said, Sam, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And at that moment, I became aggressively scared because I realized that I was the youngest of six children. Um, all of my sisters who were in the house with me still, they all were getting straight A's and B's. Uh, one of them went on to get a, a, a degree from Temple. One went, got on to get a degree from Penn State, another one from Bethune-Cookman. And then all of them came back to Philadelphia and got mass, master's degrees. They got their bachelor's, but they all got master's degrees at St. Joe's University. And Marion was actually working towards her doctorate before she got diagnosed with cancer. And so I'm looking at it and I'm just thinking like, man, all of my sisters are doing well in school. And here I'm getting F's and I can hardly read or write. So what the heck am I supposed to do when I graduate? Because I won't be able to do anything. And I really started thinking about it. And I started thinking about it. And then it hit me. And I said, I want to be like my brother. And to some people, it seemed like an easy way out. But I had a lot of respect and value for my brother. He um, had owned a barbershop. And I remember I used to go to his shop and I used to get my hair cut. And I pay attention to everything. And I would watch how people called him all day long on the phone for help. I would watch how people called him all day on the, on the phone to hear his word, ask for advice, 
people would stop into the barbershop while he was cutting hair and would do the same thing and how he was just getting blessings all day long from different people. And I just thought, man, so I equated barbering to being a, a help and a blessing mm-hmm. for people. So I said, yo, I want to cut hair. It was so crazy that when I first learned how to cut hair, I used to have a, a fake diamond watch. I used to have this blue shirt that I used to wear and I always had to be talking on the phone. The reason why is because I studied my brother so much. The reason why he had a diamond watch is because he was a recording artist and it was a gift that another artist gave to him with a mic- diamond microphone inside of the watch. Um, wow. The first time I started doing it, my brother was wearing a blue shirt and every time I was there, somebody was calling him. So I had to mimic my brother. I had mm-hmm. no idea how to cut hair. So in order for me to be able to cut hair, I had to put myself in the mindset of where he was so I could mimic him. So I literally had to do all of those things. And if I didn't have all three, I would like be sweating bullets every time I tried to cut hair. But in the process of that early learning, when I wrote it down on my bio, I realized that when I started learning how to do hair, people don't just let you do the hair for no reason. So you have to learn an ability on how to gain people's trust for them Mm -hmm. to be able to do your hair. And I learned that someone will give you an opportunity to do their hair if you can't do it, but you treat them good and you make them feel good. But if you do phenomenal on their hair, but you treat them horribly, they'll more than likely leave you. So I had to learn how to treat people good. And I started teaching myself how to do hair from 2002 when I talked to my nephew down to 2004. Then in 2005, I wound up getting a job at a marketing research firm. At this marketing research firm, I was in charge of doing audio and video for them. It was called Jay Reckner and Associates. And I was in charge of uh, making sure all the audio and the video tapes were correct. So here, people used to come in and do focus research. And I would sit and watch hours of videotape of these people in the meetings. And there, that's when I learned how to figure out what makes people tick, what makes them go off, what do people like, what do people generally not like, and what do they love. And I started learning that skill. And as I wrote the bio, I realized, holy crap, I was learning that skill. Then uh, 2006, I wound up getting into Empire Beauty School so I could uh, continue doing hair. And this one really blew my mind because when I wrote the bio down, I realized that I got an award when I graduated Empire Beauty School for being school encourager. The program is only about eight or nine months long. And it just really shocked me because here I thought that what I was doing was something brand new and I was embarking on a new journey and I'm trying to be, you know, motivational to people. I'm trying to help people and I'm trying to just put something positive in people's lives. And then I realized, you know, this is 2018. I, back in 2006, I got an award for being school encourager. And I'm like, I don't even know what happened or what took place and how they even saw or recognized me to even give me that award. Um, Mm -hmm. so while I was there, I realized, you know, I realized that that happened. So moving along in this journey, um, I started working for, uh, UPS and there I became part of the health and wellness committee. Now, while I was part of the health and wellness committee, I wanted to do that. Why? Because at this point I realized that my dad actually was sick and he had diabetes. I realized that my wife, Aaliyah, at the time, um, you know, we were dating, I realized that her mother had diabetes. And I said, I do not want to grow up, get married, and have a family, and then me or my wife have diabetes, 
and I got to do something about this to make sure we're healthy. I wound up joining the health and wellness committee at UPS and I wound up being a field speaker where I would go out and I would talk to the different areas about health and wellness tips. Shortly after that, I became a supervisor at UPS there. I was a training supervisor, which means I started learning the skill on how to train people and teach them things that I knew. And in the process of doing that, I did this. I realized I did the same thing when I was at Empire Beauty School. When you graduate, you have to have 60 haircuts to graduate. I had over 260 haircuts when I graduated, not because I was the best, but because I was always out on the floor helping other people. Uh, showing them how to do hair as well as doing my own clients to where it started that and me being a supervisor at UPS really started harnessing skills for me to be able to learn how to help and how to uh, lead people. Mm-hmm. So after that took place, you know, you, you fast forward to 2008, I started doing network marketing. I met this gentleman named KCV Snyder and James Adam. They were in the home-based industry for telecom. And I remember that I really wanted to get up front and I wanted to speak and, you know, participate with these guys. And the biggest group they had me speak of was a group of about 400 people. And in the back of the group was like all the big wigs and it must have been collectively monthly coming in about $15 million coming in every single month just from the people in the back. And then just being in front of that whole crowd. And I remember he let me speak for the first time in front of that group. That was my first taste, real taste of public speaking in a sense of knowing actually what it was because it wasn't until 2008 I really became uh, awakened to the idea of personal development. See, when my nephew talked to me back in 2002, the only book I ever read was Tupac's book of poems. Mm -hmm. And I read that because I used to write poetry. I didn't read another book on my own until I graduated. And it was 2008 when I started being an entrepreneur in the network marketing industry. I read a book um, by uh, T. Harvey Ecker, I believe his name is, which was uh, Secret to the Millionaire Mind, um, which I believe the name of the book was. And it wasn't there till I, till I found out that people who spoke like me, they were all in books. They mm-hmm. weren't in my neighborhood. And then I realized that I could find people like that. And I found them in this industry. And I started realizing that, holy crap, there was other people that spoke like me and thought like me. And I was starting to find all of this new knowledge and all of these new things. And Again, I'm still walking down the same road my father did. I never paid attention to it, never knew, because I was a child at the time. So then you fast forward, it's 2012, and now, you know, I start raising the family. Me and Aaliyah, we finally get married. It's 2012. We have our first child. I take a break from everything, and I wanted to continue the discipline of being healthy for our family. So I started doing martial arts. And I started doing Wing Chun martial art, which is uh, our particular lineage is Moya Fing Tussin martial intelligence. And I trained under Grandmaster Pete Pahil, who was um, a Wing Chun Grandmaster and was actually featured in a Wing Chun magazine um, called Wing Chun Illustrated. And I remember I started training underneath him and I wanted to get disciplines to be able to be better in life for myself and everyone else. And so I look at that and I'm like, oh man, I'm just going through this bio and I'm just seeing how everything started connecting. And then shortly after that, um, I met my, my health and wellness coach, Marcus, uh, Mark Stewart, who was in Herbalife and he has his own group. It's called Be More Wellness. And I remember I, when we started connecting and I really started doing more and started learning more about health and nutrition. And then 
they knew I had experience with speaking and personal development. So they used to actually let me lead some of the coaching calls where I did all the personal development parts. And so I looked back and after I got done writing this bio, I saw how everything that happened prior in my life, it gave me the experiences, the knowledge, and the information that I needed that put me here today. The reason why I love martial arts, the reason why I'm able to be an instructor, the reason why I was able to connect with people to become a partner in their wishes to build a company about martial arts, the reason why I created Diamond Mind Results and why I wanted to have my own speaking platform to help people and why health and nutrition is so you know important for me. And I looked back and I was like, yo, it's 2018 and I never looked at any of this stuff as to why it made sense. And when I sat down and I wrote this bio and I saw how from 2002, from me having this conversation with my nephew, sparked all of these different chains of events like you say in the bio of your, of your podcast, how every little moment creates your story. I, I really sat down and I almost cried because I realized that there was so much that took place in my life, I didn't even realize it as to why I am the person that I am now. And I, and I was awakened to the fact that I actually do have value to give. And now I know why Jason and Charlene asked me to be their business partner and to do things with them. And I just really believe that if I can like share with hundreds of thousands of people around the world, the power of actually writing down your bio and not like your job, your job, your job, but your life experiences from what was taking place till now that we can actually help people find out what they actually want to do be or just how to actually help them have joy in life and um you know the, the that was just an awakening moment for me that that really just brought something new into my life and i just wanted to share it with everybody yeah oh my gosh that is such an incredible well first an incredible journey and story that you've been on which i want to um make a couple comments on but i think it's also just such an incredible exercise for people to do themselves because it is often that we take for granted all of the skills and knowledge that we have until we I, i'm as you know i'm a huge fan of writing and not just writing like yeah. i write for clients but also i write every single morning in my journal because it is so powerful to write down challenges or to um, write down our wins to reflect to try to better i feel like writing helps us understand ourselves right and discover yeah. things about ourselves so i absolutely love that um this is kind of what brought you full circle with everything and what i wanted to say about all of the pieces of your i, I found it so funny when you said you were awakened to um personal development which i understand what you mean because you were awakened to the fact that it is like a a um category right a category of books a category of business but all along in your journey you truly were doing all of these things to um personally develop yourself right like you were yeah uh, like you were acting it out you just didn't know what to call it almost right I had, um, I had no idea yeah which i just think is wonderful because um then you were able to put a label on it but you were you were doing it all along which means to me like you're the real deal you know it's not like you just read <laughs> regurgitating it right um, <laughs> right a couple things i want to point out to listeners about the story you just shared too is that the reason you've had so much success, I think, I mean, at least part of it, and the reason that I know you will continue to be successful is, one, 
a willingness to help other people. It goes back to exactly what I said in the beginning of the podcast, that you're always out there engaging on other people's social media. And um, that builds a no like, and trust factor more than just you posting as many people do, right? Just post their own stuff and hope other people comes to them. But in your journey, you helped people, you wanted to help people, whether that was with haircuts, whether that was with advice, you know, um, anything. And so that, that willingness to help people is huge. I think also the openness to learning new skills and pursuing new things and just saying yes to things that you may not have known, like public speaking was a, you know, a thing that maybe you were interested in, but you just said yes. And you just put yourself Mm -hmm. in those situations. You're willing to pivot and pursue those new things and you're willing to put in the work. So I just think those are really important um, highlights from your incredible story to share with our listeners. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that, Sam. I really enjoyed it. Oh, no problem. Yeah. No problem. I appreciate that. I was happy to be able to do it. Hopefully I'll be able to, you know, keep going to talk to more people about that to be able to help them out. Of course. Yeah, I think that could be an awesome talk. And I, um, if you don't know, already know, um, Laron Barton. I'm going to share his information with you after you may know him because we're all like, I'm connected with him on Instagram and everything, but you should be connected with him. He's done a TEDx talk and he's amazing. Um, so can I, can I say something to you about that? So, yeah. um, so as far as the power of, you know, using things the right way and the, the way that I operate, you know, with social media is the same way that I operate in life. I believe that the only thing that I actually have, like I told you before, the only reason why I can do the things that I do is because I have the cast of people around me. And I find it that even if you do it for a selfish reason, right? Um, so whoever's listening, you know, even if you do it for a selfish reason, because it might start out that way, but for it to grow to a big level, it has to change. And so I wish that experience for you. You have to honestly care about people mm-hmm. just as much or if not more about yourself. Like, so funny story. I, um, I remember one day my dad came up to my school and I got in trouble and my teacher told my dad that I didn't do my work all month. And my dad was furious. Why haven't you done your work all month long? And I was just really calm and relaxed. And I was like, I did my work. And he said, no, you haven't. He said, no, you haven't. Um, I gave it back to you. Um, I put it over here. I put it over here. I'm like, no, this is not right. And I'm thinking like, they're upset saying I didn't do my work. And I'm like, I did. And so, they looked at me and said, well, if you did your work, where is it? Okay. I went to my desk. I lift up my desk and I pulled out my whole month's worth of work. And my dad was, uh, you know, he was speechless. My teacher was speechless because neither one of them could figure out why I didn't turn my work in. <laughs> and I was like, I had no idea myself, but this was, you know, fifth grade. Now this is fifth grade. And I remember that he was upset because I helped about five or six other people in the classroom do their work, but I never turned my own in. And it was like, you know, so even back then, like I always wanted to help other people out and I didn't so much have any major concern about doing it. Like case in point now, I have a podcast that I'm, that I'm going to be creating. Uh, we've been working on a YouTube channel and a documentary that we're making, but before my podcast even really gets launched, I just helped my sister, um, helping my sister with her, her speaking company is Accomplished More, and she's Accomplished More on Instagram, and I'm helping her make a podcast. I have my, my uh, cousin, Portia, who has a phenomenal story on how she's helping people. Her podcast is called Pain Into Power. She's on uh, Pain Into Power on Instagram, and I'm helping her out, and 
I'm like, I'm not even concerned about putting out my own work. I get so much joy out of helping them out and doing stuff for other people that I know is going to return to me. So this is why I say, even if it's for a selfish reason, give to other people, give to other people, and it's going to come back. And if you want things to be on a big scale, you have to be able to know how to take yourself out the picture and do for other people. So I believe that that's, that's all I've ever had. And, and I believe that that's the reason why I have what I have and why I have any blessings that I do get is because I'm constantly putting out to the world that it comes back to me. Mm-hmm. So, no. so uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it. I love that because it, it comes, I agree with you. I think it's like the more we give, the more we get, um, whether it's intent, like that's our goal or not. And it goes back to the thing you said in the very beginning about your support network being the reason you are where you are. And that support network is probably there because you've given so much to them that they want to be there to support you. So I just love that. Yeah, sure. Full circle. And so like you're telling me, you know, you want me to meet a gentleman named Leron Burton. Well, funny thing about that is, you know, I've met you some months back and you've given unto me because you introduced me to someone and that person that you introduced me to, uh, Dr. Summer Watson, who, mm-hmm. who does uh, Core Women on Instagram, you put life into me and probably didn't even know it because when you introduced me to her, this was around the time right after my father passed away and my mm-hmm. sister Miriam took it aggressively hard because she was the one that was with him. She was the one recording a podcast with him. She was uh, always there with him every single day. And I remember I wanted to get back on my own feet because I was just in a rut, just taking all my work with me every day and not doing anything, taking all my work with me every day and not doing anything. And I said, in order for me to get better, I got to help somebody else. I know my sister needs help. So I started helping my sister out. And in the process of doing that, I reached out to Dr. Uh, Summer and I said, listen, I really want to help my sister get things going for herself. She has a phenomenal story. Would you mind putting her on your podcast? And we had mm-hmm. a conversation about it. She agreed to put my sister on the podcast. It wasn't until after she agreed to it, I let her know that my father passed away and that's why I needed her help. I didn't want to use that as a reason why, oh, pity me, let me help you out. Right. I wanted to go straight up and talk to her about it. And once she said she was willing to help, okay, this is the reason why I'm asking you. My father just passed away my sister was his co-host she's taking her heart in order to help her get out of it we got to get her back to work so i appreciate you saying yes and this is what you're actually helping and mm-hmm. she was like you know blown away by it and, and was willing to do anything so from that connection with dr summer she introduced me to the gentleman that you just said mm-hmm. you wanted to introduce yeah. me to <laughs> so you know you have no idea but because i spoke to you and you did what you did for me many months ago, I now have someone that I've never met before, other than social media, uh, Leron Burton, who is helping me with getting my TEDx speech together, who is a TEDx speaker. So, you know, definitely check his uh, TEDx talk out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all of that came from you and you probably didn't even know it. So that could have been some blessings and you're like, that came your way. And you're like, hey, where did it come from? Because you planted seeds all the way in Philadelphia with Sam Burwell and you had no idea you know, how much of a blessing you were. Thank you, Sam. Oh, that's, well, this podcast is supposed to be about you, but thank you so much. I I appreciate that. Um, That means a lot to me and I'm so glad. And that's what I think is the beauty of social media because it's those little branches and vines of connection. Like, oh, I see this person commenting on this one and, and then you check them out. And before you know it, 
the world feels so small in some ways because yeah. we're all connected. Yeah. So oh, thank you so mm -hmm. much for sharing that. Um, and we didn't even get to talk about chickens, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, I know. Next time, next time. <laughs> next time, next time. Part two with Sam. Yeah. Um, so everybody can find you, and I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes so that people are going to the right um, Instagram and everything. But um, you can find Sam Burwell on um, Instagram at diamond mind results. And that has underscores between the words and inner underscore Oasis. Again, I'll put those in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to promote or shout out? I know you've given some awesome names too, for, um, people can go follow your sister and, and your partners and stuff, but anything else? Uh, no, um, I, you know, I just like to say, you know, thank you to you. Um, it's just a testament of working hard. Like I see people doing stuff every day and I'm like, man, I would love to have an opportunity to do things with people. And I've just been told, you know, if you want to create it yourself and then things that happen for you. And I met you almost, I believe a year ago, maybe on social media. And I remember when we spoke one night, you told me, and then I already actually recorded like four episodes of my podcast after my night job, I would go to get my car and record it. And mm -hmm it was a few that I put up just to try it out. Right. And I remember that I was in the car one night and you told me that you were going to start your podcast mm -hmm. and, and you're doing it now. And it just so happened that you're the first person that has ever had me on a podcast to be able to talk. So I, you know, I just, 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 just filled up about it. I know it's supposed to be about me, but again, I just want to, you know, thank you for that because again, you probably have no idea uh, the value and how important it has been for me. Um, but that said, uh, you know, if you follow in my Instagram, you're going to find out about all these other people. You're going to find, they're going to find out about you. They'll find out about Dr. Summer, Leron, about Portia with Pain into Power, about Marion would accomplish more because uh, my whole brand with Dining My Results is just putting other people out there, putting other people in front. I'm not even on the picture on my Instagram page because I really don't want it to be about me. So, you know, um, if you heard anything from the podcast, just reach out. I'll be happy to, to help out with trying to get some bios together as I work towards, you know, having my opportunity to do a TED Talk. But again, I just thank you for being here. Um, it's been a blessing for me to end, the, to end uh, 2019. Awesome. Sam, thank you so much. Your words mean the world to me. And um, I'm super excited that we connected um, all those months ago and have gotten to know each other and that you found it to be valuable and beneficial in in all the ways that you described and um just know that you know i love following along with your journey and i find everything you do so inspirational and the fact that you're out there like look i don't have the work ethic you have <laughs> so i can learn a thing or two from you there um but thank you so much for being on today and i know you are heading off to your night gig so um make sure to get some rest in there somewhere Yep, for sure. We'll definitely do. I tell you, if I don't, my wife will make sure I do so. <laughs> <laughs> there you That's go. Support system. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, we'll talk soon, Sam. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story. 
and the world should hear yours.